I would kindly ask Mr. Manuilidis to come over and all the panelists to join us. We are starting uh, with a very important panel, the macro picture, Yannikam, as you, all of you come. I'll... So we're starting with the macro picture that I think is particularly interesting and important at this uh, juncture. And we have an absolutely dynamite panel. And uh, I can attest that the panel has worked diligently to put this uh, content together. So. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Well, uh, as, uh, as the panelists uh, take seats, uh, thank you very much, uh, Nico. Thank you for um, uh, organizing this. Thank you all for braving uh, the morning. And um, I hope you're all sufficiently caffeinated so you can, you can follow uh, what's, uh, what's what. So we have um, uh, the five members of our panel. I think you probably um, uh, know all of them, but I'll, I'll try to give a brief introduction as I ask uh, questions. Of them, thank you. So, um, so 2018 started uh, with an overall sense of optimism for Greece. Uh, Greece had just reaccessed the markets. The Eurogroup um, later in the year provided uh, debt relief measures, uh, and the period of strict memoranda ended. Uh, and then the country started taking its first steps towards full rehabilitation standing in its uh, own two uh, feet. Uh, yet the challenges, however, emerged. So access to markets uh, did not continue with yields moving upwards. Uh, concerns about the challenges of the NPLs on the health of their banks uh, uh, returned. Uh, uh, corporate, scan corporate scandals and, and indeed corporate desertions of some sort affected the stock market. And, and the coming of an election year generated fears of excessive uh, and unrealistic promises to the electorate. So as a result, uh, investor indifference about Greece returned, and it was aided and abetted by renewed concerns about Italy and the Eurozone, um, more broadly, but also more globally about the retrenchment uh, of globalization, uh, and particularly the stance of the United States. Uh, uh, um, that was also helped by uh, Brexit and, uh, and the possible start of trade wars. So still, uh, against all this, uh, the banking system, the Greek banking system, showed its own resilience. Uh, and the banks individually started taking their own steps uh, forward with their own plans. Uh, the government and the central bank have come up with proposals uh, and helpful initiatives for, um, for funding for the banks. Uh, and uh, new funding has been put in place for export-oriented uh, companies. Um, against the stock exchange declines of the year, the Greek GDP is likely to exceed the target 2%. Uh, and um, Greece has had uh, the fourth highest manufacturing PMI in November, significantly higher than those of Spain, Germany, France, and Italy. So uh, this is, it's a, it's a mixed picture with, uh, with a slight downturn and I think a kind of reaction, uh, as you can see from the numbers and the individual efforts. And with us today are uh, our panelists to discuss that. And I'll start uh, with uh, Silvia Ardania, who is a, an economist with Goldman Sachs. And uh, Silvia, uh, in light of all of this, can you please tell us what you see as the major goals uh, for Greece and the major external challenges uh, to these goals, particularly in Europe and the rest of the world? Thank you. Uh, good morning and thanks, uh, Yanis, for uh, inviting me to participate to this panel. Now, to, to be time efficient, I will try to um, 
simplify a lot what is our view on, on Greece. I would say that over the short term, we have expressed a positive view on the economic outlook of Greece and uh, on the prospect for uh, Greek government bonds. And this is mainly based on some specific characteristics of Greece, but also on the external environment. On Greece itself, as uh, you mentioned, we, uh, you know, we have ahead of us a period of positive growth, which is clearly a very strong improvement. Uh, and the other you know, major feature that I would highlight is the fact that Greece had a substantial you know, de facto uh, debt relief uh, after the, uh, the June meeting. And so this, you know, with, with a you know, positive uh, cash buffer and pretty substantial, clearly is uh, a good starting point for um, investors in government bonds. Uh, externally, we also have a positive environment where we expect growth in the euro area to remain above trend and monetary policy to remain very accommodative. So bottom line, in an environment which has positive growth, no much funding needs over the coming year, uh, interest rates that remain, you know, in negative territory up until, you know, the end of uh, next year where we start seeing the ECB finally initiating a very gradual approach to normalization, the yield that Greek bonds offer remain pretty attractive. Now, we are more cautious when it comes to the medium-term outlook. There, what we see is clearly that, you know, a lot will depend on the political economy dynamics because the debt burden overall remains pretty substantial. But the bottom line is that we think as far as Greece keeps the momentum of reforms, uh, the European partners will have, you know, always an incentive to extend and pretend that this government debt will be um, reimbursable. I would say near terms, the main challenge for Greece are clearly coming from, you know, uh, the development in Italy. And, uh, you know, the, if there is, obviously, it's not our base case. We think that the contagion from Italy to other markets will remain pretty contained. Um, and that if that's the case, again, the, the yield protect investors, the, the yield of, uh, of government bonds um, uh, in Greece protect investors. But obviously, if not, we have seen in the past few months that Greece remain, uh, you know, pretty sensitive sensitive and with a high correlation to event in Italy. Okay. Uh, th thank you very much, Silvia. So I'll come to Elena uh, Daga, uh, who is with Moody's uh, and uh, has been um, uh, covering also, uh, you know, following Greece and the sort of other sovereigns. So uh, Elena, pretty much the same question to you and, and uh, about the, um, the major external challenges and, and, uh, and indeed goals for Greece. And indeed, um, what you, as from being a rating agency, what would you see as the, 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 the requirements for a ratings upgrade of the sovereign? Thank you. Thank you. So maybe I'll, I'll start on the rating side first and then I'll link to the, to the growth picture. So we have a B3 rating with a positive outlook on Greece. Uh, we've had the positive outlook since last February. We normally think of our outlooks as applying to 12 to 18 months forward, so we will review the rating within that uh, time frame. There has been, from a credit perspective, there has been some very clear positives uh, in terms of, uh, with respect to Greece. So we have seen large improvements on the fiscal side. We have seen the buildup of large cash buffers. Effectively, the sovereign can now stay out of the markets for about two years. Uh, we, have seen, we have seen debt relief on relatively generous terms relative to most expectations. And we have a banking system which is now less reliant on central bank funding and emergency liquidity uh, assistance. So clearly some, some very clear positives there. From a credit perspective, again, there are still a few challenges. Uh, two main ones, one is growth. 
and we are still we have slightly I think more negative outlook on the growth picture uh, for for the global economy and for the euro area we still think that growth in in Greece will pick up so I think we expect growth around 2% this year, something like 2.2% next year, so slight pickup, but that pickup is happening in a more, in, in a less favorable external environment. So for the, for Europe as a whole, we still expect solid growth for 2019, but with the withdrawal of monetary policy accommodation of the main central banks, uh, with trade tensions flaring up, political risks materializing, we feel that the global environment is, is less favorable and so in, in terms of spillovers to Greece, there would be more on the headwind side. Uh, the second challenge is still with uh, market access. Market access has not been effectively uh, restored and there's still some questions of what happens post uh, the relief package post 2033. So, yeah. stop Okay. Reading. Well, thank you, thank you, Elena. Um, I'll, I'll turn to uh, Bob Tra. Uh, Bob um, um, used to be with the IMF, he's now uh, retired. Uh, he has had a, a, in his career with the IMF a long involvement, but also following his retirement, he's been following uh, Greece. For those of you who read the Kathimirini uh, uh, newspaper, you'll, you'll know Bob has been writing there uh, and putting his views um, in, uh, quite extensively in the last, uh, last few months. So Bob, uh, um, you're now an independent economist, but you, you know Greece and, and I, I know you care about Greece. Um, uh, you are you are a good and sometimes harsh critic, but but we all will like that. Um, so, can you please uh, uh, tell us uh, what you know you think are the major challenges, uh, and what would be your recommendations? Thank you, Yanis. Thank you uh, to all of you for inviting me. It's nice to be back uh, with my Greek friends. Um, Yanis, I have uh, two lists. One is the positive list, and one is the to-do list. So let me go over that. There are many issues on both lists, but uh, we don't have much time, so I'll keep it short and just try to give you a flavor of what I think are key issues. Um, it has to be acknowledged that Greece has had some major achievements, which have been gained with lots of efforts and many tears in Greece. I lived in Athens from 210 to 213 and learned firsthand just how grinding the uh, recession was. This was a very, very difficult time, uh, but much has been achieved, and let me just mention a few. Uh, as a macroeconomist, we like to talk about flow accounts and stock accounts, and what I mean by that is that the flow accounts have basically been corrected, and with that, specifically the fiscal accounts. The deficit when I started working on Greece was 15% of GDP. The deficit that the minister is reporting today is close to zero. Changing a deficit from 15% of GDP to zero is a major, major task, and it's a major achievement when the country does it. So I think Greece deserves much credit for that. The same thing happened in the external accounts. The balance of payments, the external current account was also in double-digit deficit when I started, and today uh, the external current account is really close to zero. It's a small deficit, but this is not so big. Again, uh, very, very good progress. I think underneath of this is the fact that competitiveness has improved. Uh, Greece had overshot. Uh, it was an expensive country. Wages had gone up significantly in real terms compared to trading partners. 
uh, unit labor costs were very high relative to trading, and of course that was causing the external deficit. But much has been improved in the competitiveness picture. Unfortunately, most of it was achieved by cutting income, by cutting wages and salaries, and less has been achieved by improving productivity, because those two instruments are the main macro instruments that you have to adjust unit labor costs. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this in a minute, because I think that imbalance needs to be addressed. Another achievement is that exports are now truly contributing to growth. You know, Greece can try, if it wants to, to grow on the basis of domestic demand. But there are 10.5 million Greek people, consumers, and there are 7 billion people outside of Greece. So if you can grow through exports, your market with 7 billion is a lot bigger than your market with 10.5 million. And therefore, countries that achieve growth based on strong competitive export position tend to be more sustainable. And I'm very glad to see that the, the structure of aggregate demand in Greece is changing, and exports are now playing a more significant role. And last but not least, and this is what we all hope to see, real GDP and employment have now really turned around, and uh, it's, uh, both are growing again, and this is obviously a very good thing. Now, having said that, there is still a very large agenda of things to do. And let me just mention a few. I think one of the emphases that is currently both in the political discussion and also continues to be with uh, institutions from Europe and con partner countries is the uh, issue of reforms. Reforms need to continue, need to be deepened to further improve productivity. In the long run, the only thing that is going to bring an increased standard of living for the Greek people is productivity growth. And in order to get productivity growth, you need to become more efficient. And becoming more efficient needs means that you need to update and, and modernize. And this is a continuous process. This is not one one-time issue. You constantly need to update your structures to be efficient and competitive. And as I have mentioned before, I think if I look at the last eight years, the reforms that have been implemented in the labor markets were actually more drastic than the reforms that have been implement effectively implemented in the product markets on the supply side. So I think that the task for Greece as a political system, doesn't matter who's in office, uh, there is a still a strong need for continuing and actually improving reforms uh, on, uh, on the product side and maintaining the reforms on the labor side. We have a left of center government in office now and the way that they respond to the imbalance between reforms on both sides, product markets versus labor markets, is they are undoing some of the labor market reforms. That is exactly incorrect. You need to complement the very good labor market reforms by doing much more on the product side, and uh, that will create a much more competitive economy, will keep prices and costs down, and really accelerate the growth potential through net exports. So this is a large, unfinished uh, agenda that the institutions will continue to help 
Greece with. A second item that I wish to just comment on, uh, because I am also an investor, uh, I'm not just a macroeconomist, and I think this is something that does huge damage to Greece, and this is your judicial image. The judiciary uh, in, in my, I'm not a lawyer, I'm an economist, but my impression is that there is a lot of concern about the rule of law in Greece. There's too much political discretion and there is not enough predictable judiciary restraint. Uh, personally, I have been affected by this. I can mention the case of Andreas Georgiou. Greece needs to fix this and get it over with. Investors abroad that look at Greece and see that the judicial system is used as a political instrument will not touch the country. Because you need to be able to enforce property rights, you need to be able to exercise your rights as investors. If you are not sure that you are in good hands when you get in touch with the law in Greece, you know, people won't invest. The risks are simply too big. So I think the judiciary image of Greece really does need uh, to be improved. Um, a third item to do, a big one, is uh, what I call uh, public service obligations. Public service obligations are laws and regulations that impose on the private sector, whether these be banks or enterprises, to conduct what are essentially in their nature fiscal activities. To give you an example, um, if the political system feels that households need to be protected for uh, maintaining their principal residence, this is entirely legitimate. People can say, we really want to do something for those households that fall behind on their mortgages and we need to protect them. This is the, this is the humanistic thing to do. I, I have no problems with that. But if you make such a political and really fiscal judgment, then the budget needs to pay for it. You cannot put those costs in the banks and issue a law which says the banks cannot exercise collateral, they have to interpret their contracts in a different way from which they were issued, because banks are not made to distribute subsidies. So now we are all surprised that banks have such trouble with non-performing loans and non-performing exposures, but there is no surprise if banks have to eat up all these very expensive uh, public service obligations which are imposed by law. So all of this public service obligation, the cost of it, which is quasi-fiscal policy, needs to migrate to the budget so that the banks can really uh, become stronger again, resolve the issue of the uh, uh, public, uh, uh, of the PSEs, or the uh, non-performing loans, and, and build capital and start lending again to the economy in a much more decided way. So there are serious problems with fiscal operations that are hidden in enterprises. Um, the last one I, I would like to touch upon is the uh, issue of the debt. The debt is a legacy problem. This is a stock adjustment problem. It takes enormous amounts of time to reduce a stock of debt. I'm not saying that Greece needs to do this in the short run. I think, in fact, it's going to take decades. What I do urge the government and the political parties to do is make a plan and present to Greece what is the objective for debt reduction in the long run 
And are there ways that the public can monitor whether the country is on track? Because this uncertainty of having a remaining debt legacy is also hurting the ability for you and, and all others to, uh, to invest. So let me leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, thank you, uh, Bob. I think, uh, um, thank you for your characteristic sort of candor and sort of being specific. Also, I think the, the, the list uh, of the two lists you, you said is, is very, very important for, for everyone. So I'll, I'll ask now um, uh, Declan uh, Costello, who uh, most of you know, uh, uh, from uh, uh, he, he heads the European Commission's uh, team that sort of follows Greece, and uh, uh, they started already the second uh, post uh, sort of exit review, the surveillance review. There's one that has just come out, uh, which I urge everybody to read because it is really uh, very very specific and gr written really with great care. But uh, um, Declan, uh, you have been with the, uh, been following the matters. You know, what I'd like you to do, more or less follow, you know, uh, comment on the same topics that, uh, that Bob has and, and tell us your views. So thank you, thank you Yanis. Um, so 2018 indeed has been a year of progress. And I actually fully agree, yeah, I fully agree with what Bob has said. The, the flow indicators, growth, employment, all of that's pointing in the right direction. But what's left are the balance sheet or legacy impacts of the crisis, and the only way that is going to be addressed and fixed is through the sustained implementation of these deep structural reforms. Now, we have just issued our first quarterly report, uh, Enhanced Surveillance Report, which takes stock of how things stand in Greece in this post-program world, and our assessment is, I think, broadly satisfactory, but could do better. Um, now, on the positive side, the budget for 2019, which was adopted last week, um, we expect that to deliver uh, its fiscal targets, a primary surplus of 3.5% of GDP. Um, and this is, in a way, quite remarkable. Um, Greece has already met its fiscal targets for four years in a row. Uh, a primary surplus of 3.5% of GDP, that's a small general government surplus. And when you think about a country that comes out of a program of eight years and a 15 percentage point fiscal consolidation, uh, it's really quite, I think, a, a good achievement that the fiscal, you know, the fiscal thing remains on track. Um, now, let me try to be operational on how I see sort of, let's say, four key uh, actions or, or policy uh, developments that I think we will pay particular attention to in the next six months in judging whether Greece continues on the reform path. Now, the first thing I think we want to see is Greece made 16 specific commitments for reform measures to be completed by the end of this year, okay? And these need to be done. Now, I won't go through the list. They're basically the deep structural reforms to modernize the public sector, uh, to make the business environment more friendly. Now, this is everything from how much staff do you have in the independent revenue agency to uh, the opening of primary health care centers throughout Greece, okay? Um, it's very, very important, I think, now that the government, progress is being made on many of these, but what we see is uneven progress, and we see delays in some areas. It would be very important for us that the Greek government commits across the board to complete these, to do that by February when we will issue our second report, and that then could trigger 
uh, further debt measures, uh, the release of S&P and for profits, it's about 700 million euros. And I think beyond the money or the liquidity, um, I think it would send a very strong signal to, to markets, to investors, that, that Greece continues on the reform path, and also that European partners are continuing their support to Greece. So that's the first thing I would look at, complete those reforms. The second thing I think will be very important will be the revision of the minimum wage, and, and Bob mentioned the importance of the labour market. This will be revised probably in early February. It's entirely the choice of the government. It is a policy choice. <coughs> now, I think we would strongly urge the government to approve, approve, uh, proceed with caution, uh, proceed perhaps possibly, you know, if there is to be an increase, to keep it modest, to protect the gains in competitiveness that have been achieved over the past eight years, uh, and not to jeopardize the progress which is being made towards uh, reducing unemployment. So, so be careful as regards the minimum wage. I think the third uh, policy action we want to see in the coming months, it concerns the banking system. And I think there's no doubt that progress has been made. The liquidity situation of the banks has definitely improved a lot. We do see progress with NPL reduction. We do see the targets being met. We do see e-auctions uh, you know, being implemented. But it's clear that the capital position of the banks remains under stress. Okay? I think we would like to see two things in particular in the next few months. The first comes back to a point that Bob raised, and that's about the uh, protection for primary residences in the household insolvency law, okay? Um, now, there is a protection currently in place. It will expire at the end of this year. I think on the commission side, we are open to discuss uh, some form of protection, provided it's targeted and provided it doesn't prevent banks from tackling NPLs in a, in a, in a sustained and, and, and ambitious manner. Um, but I think it really will be a test of what Bob was, was mentioning. Um, is the, can this be done in a way which the government assumes responsibility for social policy without imposing, you know, asking the banks to bear that cost? Mm -hmm. The other thing is I think there's been some interesting proposals put on the table regarding uh, taking a large chunks of NPEs off the balance sheets of the banks and moving them, moving them elsewhere. I think we welcome the fact that there's new thinking on this. These proposals are complicated. They will raise concerns on the Commission side regarding state aid, but it would be important, I think, now for the government to come forward to, to, to take what is a, a wide set of proposals, be concrete, and let's, let's see if, if, if we could come up with a package of measures which could go further than the existing NP reduction strategy. That would be the third thing. Fourth thing uh, would be really, I think it would be very, very important for the, for the government to, to uh, complete uh, some of the key privatizations uh, there's some transactions which are close to being finalized now, Athens International Airport concession, uh, the Hellenicon project. I think Greece needs to cross the line on some of these big investment projects, again, not only to, you know, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the, the fiscal yield which comes from that, but actually more for its impact upon investment and just showing that business can be done. Maybe just two points, and they're maybe just quickly, and they're more medium-term points. Maybe these are for the second half of the year, um, or the second half of 2019. I think Greece does need to take a look at its tax policy, okay? I'm rather optimistic about the fiscal situation in Greece. I think the underlying fiscal position is actually quite strong, and I do see some fiscal space emerging over time. I think that fiscal space should be used to make the tax system more friendly. Widen the tax bases, lower the tax rates, especially on labor and on corporates. 
And maybe the final thing is, again, I, I fully agree what Bob said about the very important, um, the, he mentioned the justice system. I would say the, the, the sustained implementation of reforms to modernize the public administration and justice system, these are probably the most important bottlenecks to growth right now in Greece. So I think there's very, very detailed plans and, 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 and uh, reforms which have been mapped out. Um, I would just say, you know, own them, implement them. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Declan. And uh, uh, just to, to remind, uh, to say again that you know the, the Commission has come up with its uh, uh, report, and it is it is very interesting and a lot of uh, detail on on I think all these topics are in that report. <clears throat> now we turn to uh, Tassos Anastasatos, who is an economist with Eurobank, uh, and um, <clears throat> Tasso, I left you last because you are the one um, sort of. Genuine Greek. I know I'm Greek, but I don't live in in, in Greece. You live there, and you um, you're both an observer and also uh, <coughs> part, you know, one of the one of the patients uh, in some some way. So, can you care to sort of comment on on what was said sort of earlier and and bring out what you think are sort of key, you know, from your perspective, uh, the key to-do lists and challenges? Thank you, Annie. Um, I'll try to. I'll try to, to fit in a little uh, time available some thoughts about the larger picture and the way I see it. To my point of view, uh, the issue with Greece at the moment is not debt, it's growth. Uh, welcoming as it is, uh, the return to growth for a country that has lost one quarter of its uh, GDP, I think we should, we, we can, and we should be more uh, ambitious. I think that Greece is capable of uh, achieving growth rates in excess of 3%. Uh, why is that the case? It's not a cliché to say that Greece possesses strong comparative advantages. It has a skilled workforce, it has strategic location, it has competitive uh, wage costs after uh, the internal devaluation, it has institutional and monetary stability, a strong currency, it has fiscal prudence, it has a balanced current account. On the other hand, we have to say that there are a couple of issues of let's say, endemic characteristics of the Greek economy, as well as some legacy issues of the crisis, that despite the progress that has been achieved so far, they have not been dealt with completely. And uh, they should be the, 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 the focus uh, of attention in the time ahead. These include the fact that uh, GDP is still relying excessively uh, on consumption, uh, which in turn is fueled by the saving uh, of households. So the fact that unemployment is falling down but still elevated, the problem of MPEs, obviously, and uh, negative credit creation, uh, the fact that uh, quality competitiveness, while improved, is not yet up to OECD uh, standards. So this may sound like a long list, but actually it all boils down to the question of, of confidence. If a sustainable, strong boost to confidence can be given, that would actually uh, give a boost to, to investment, which in turn would improve labor, uh, labor productivity, uh, would increase uh, the capital to output ratio, uh, so helping uh, exports uh, as well, will help banks cure their balance sheets, will help debt sustainability. Uh, at the end of, uh, of, the, uh, of the day, uh, will we'll cure most uh, problems. How do we achieve that? First of all, how do we gauge that? Most likely, the summary variable to look at is the spread of the GGB vs the German Bund. To my point of view, Greek macros are not too dissimilar from the macros of other countries of the Euro periphery, including uh, Portugal, Spain, or Italy. To some extent, they are better. Uh, in some respects at least. So why should the Greece trade with yesterday's prices 
250 bips above Portugal, 270 above Spain, 100 above Italy. I think the measure of success would be to have spreads that are comparable to those countries. How do we achieve that? We have to focus on structural reforms. Declan and Bob mentioned quite a few. I wouldn't like to repeat the list. I just say that, to my point of view, uh, the most important ones are the modernization of the public administration, the reduction of the tax burden to entrepreneurial activity, but with a credible commitment that this will be lasting so that investors will be able to do their financial uh, planning, uh, and uh, the uh, uh, the simplification of the investment licensing uh, framework, including land uses, which is very important uh, for tourism. I would like to say that one factor that has not been highlighted enough is the fact that the perceptions of society are changing. This is crucial to the extent that, you know, people are, have hurt a lot during the crisis, but it has been a didactic experience as well. People have learned to be more skeptical against promises. And polls, recent polls show that actually they put their hopes less now to the public sector for creation of jobs and creation of domestic demand. Instead, they are more friendly towards investment, foreign and local investment, and they are, and they are looking forward to to a greater extent to see uh, to see reform. I think this is a factor that will force political parties to offer uh, a structural reform agenda that will be more ambitious in the years ahead. If I have a minute, I would like to have a reference, a very brief reference on the, on the banking sector as well, given uh, my capacity. So banks have been the center of, uh, the epicenter of criticism, uh, rightly or wrongly, in the past. But as a matter of fact, so far, they have overperformed all the, uh, all the tasks, all the targets that they have been given. They have reduced their reliance to the euro system for liquidity drastically, actually, from uh, 126 billion in the summer 2015 to just above 13 billion this, uh, this time. They have passed the stress test without the need for, uh, for any uh, new capital, uh, and they have, uh, uh, they have uh, managed uh, to, to reduce the gap between uh, deposits and, uh, and, and loans. Obviously, the, the, the challenge of MPs is, is large. It's going to, to require an effort, but banks do not just sit and wait for state money or uh, you know, for any other regulation or uh, import solutions. Eurobank has announced very recently uh, the merger with Grivalia. I'm not going to say, to say much about that because both our chairman and our deputy CEO are here and are going to speak about that later on. But you know, it's a deal that actually hits all three targets at the same time. Uh, reducing MPs, improving capital adequacy and quality, uh, as well as uh, boosting uh, profitability. I'm sure other banks are, are working on their own uh, plans uh, as well. And the important thing is that we're talking about market solutions. Market solutions means no state money, no dilution of shareholders. So things are moving. Th th things are, are, are moving in the right direction. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Tasso. As we are <coughs> heading towards the end, I wanted to just ask again um, uh, Sylvia and Elena if they had one or, uh, or two very, very quick points to add to any of these or, or from what they heard, what in their, from their particular point of view is, is the most important. They would single one or two. I know it's a bit, uh, so a bit grammatic or just almost sending out a, a, a tweet, but, uh, but please do so. Well, uh, I think on my side of what I heard, you know, I, I agree on, uh, on everything. I would say f 
you know, picking one on the most important thing, I would say the judicial system and the rule of law aspect seems to be very important. One maybe important aspect that none of us mentioned, I think is the human capital, the outward migration and the brain drain that this crisis have generated. And I think for the medium term, you know, having, you know, countries that continues on the uh, virtuous path will be also a vehicle to bring back the human capital. Thank you very much, Sylvain. Eleanor. I just say on the growth side, I agree. I think that economy has the potential for growth much faster than where it's growing currently, especially given the fact that it's coming out of a massive 25% of GDP contraction. So that I think there's a lot of potential there. Okay. A lot of positive potential on the growth side, and I think I, I would agree with the other participants on that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you all very much. Uh, I'm, I think it was, uh, I mean, even though I've spoken with all of you, uh, you know, several times on this and I've been following it, I think it was even, you know, uh, very enlightening. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time, so we don't have time really for questions. Uh, uh, no, I, 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 unfortunately, we have, we have 28 uh, seconds uh, countdown. I apologize, uh, Mr. Karamuz. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to have us all uh, one day. Please ask the organizers, and I'm sure the panelists will, will, will oblige. Um, so, but the panelists will be here uh, afterwards, so please ask your questions. But in the meantime, please uh, uh, join me in showing our appreciation the usual way. of time, so I've kept my time. I'm not the organizer, so I cannot change the time. <laughs>
that I think we made, and let me sp speak for the institution I worked with then, I cannot speak for the fund because I don't work there anymore, but I, I think our communications to the Greek people was poor. And uh, we know how difficult uh, adjustment programs are and that crises can be very deep. The public is very scared. This is a frightening experience when you lose a quarter of your national income and many people lose their jobs. Um, but these things have happened before and we, we sh my, my personal view within the fund team has always been that we need to do more to explain and have a conversation with the public about what is happening to the economy, uh, receiving more feedback from the public itself. And uh, it's, it's almost like a kind of therapy. If you can talk about difficult problems, you make progress and it calms people down because this is a very scary experience. So this may be a somewhat surprising answer to your question because I, I don't have a magical fiscal or monetary or credit instrument to suddenly make the economy jump up and start growing again. That, that was not in the cards, but we need to Communication is absolutely essential when you go through such a difficult period and bring everybody along and explain why certain forces are impacting on the economy. And of course, what we then also will reveal is that uh, we all have much less power than we hope we have because economies are very complex, general equilibria. And uh, in having this conversation, we would also then tell the public that you know we, we don't have the answers to all your questions. We, we make mistakes, we try things, some things work well. Uh, but I think this, in, in my personal interactions with Greeks in Athens and elsewhere, this was very noteworthy. I, I felt that my interlocutors came out of the meetings, uh, not with the sense that the recession will now end tomorrow, but they had a better understanding of what was happening to the economy. And then you start building Again, a well, sense that, of that's control. That's a long reply. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I just I want to say, say thank you again. I think it is a fascinating topic going back. Uh, it, it, this is an investor conference, so we'll look into the future. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, going to the past is, is extremely interesting, but possibly not to, for today's agenda. Yeah. Uh, if you're happy to talk in public, I'm sure we can organize something. Okay. So yes. thank you again very much, everybody. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been an amazing panel. Thank you, Yanni, for all the preparation. And of course, thank you to the panelists, uh, Dynamite uh, panel. Thank you so much.